Well, happy anniversary. Hey, bed. And happy new year. Praise the Lord. That's amazing. Oh, praise God. Well, great to be here. Uh, yeah, praise God. We, uh, it's such an honor uh, to be here with you guys. And uh, Pastor Sam and Lisa, we just say congratulations on 21 years. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, so exciting. And as Pastor Sam said, uh, over the last number of years, we've both ministered for each other in probably every place uh, that we've ever been. And so that's really, really exciting. Great to see you guys. Good to see familiar faces. It's nice to come back uh, so quickly after just a few months. Uh, so Sarah says hello to all you guys. I'm trusting and believing that maybe the next time I come, she'll be, she'll be with me. So praise the Lord. Uh, let's go ahead and stand to our feet, if, if you wouldn't mind. I know Pastor Sam already prayed for us, but uh, just as we come to the Word tonight, and I know your theme is, Come Holy Spirit, uh, but let's just take a moment, and would you pray for the people that are on either side of you? And Maybe you know them. If you do, then you'll be able to pray effectively. If you don't, just pray that God will really speak to them personally tonight. Give them a now word, a rhema word, yeah. Mm. God knows exactly what they're going through tonight and what they need. Yeah. And then would you just pray for yourself? Just ask the Lord to to speak to you tonight. He knows exactly what's surfacing in your heart and what's on your life tonight. Yeah. Yeah, he knows the things that are most precious to you this evening. Yeah. Yeah, and then would you just pray for me? Pray that the Lord would flow through me, give me grace to communicate. Yeah, Daddy, I love you tonight, and I just thank you for this another opportunity to, to bring your word, and Lord, I humble myself the best that I know how. I hide behind the cross of Christ. Lord, I hide behind your word tonight, and Lord, I ask that, that this would flow like a river, the things that you put in my heart. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the house, and Lord, I just pray that my humanity wouldn't get in the way. But Lord, you would flow with grace tonight. Let every word be dripping with hot oil. I pray for, for just revelation. May we see things in a, in a way that we haven't seen them before. And I thank you for that, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus' name. And someone said amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I think I'm in trouble because I need some reading glasses. I think they're in my pocket of that jacket. Sorry about that. You can just talk among yourselves and <laughs> tell each other what a good word it's going to be. Oh, praise God. <laughs> I need these. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, the Lord put something in my heart for you guys. And uh, so over tonight and tomorrow and then Sunday morning, I'm going to I'm going to build on this theme. So uh, the title of the theme is Living Life Beyond Regret. 
Would you please say that out loud? Say, living life beyond regret. And so the subtitle tonight is Disappointments and Unfulfilled Dreams. I wonder if there are some people here tonight that are struggling with disappointments. I think every single one of us uh, have walked through that um, or maybe dealing with unfulfilled dreams. Uh, And so... Uh, the tragedy is that it, it can really paralyze us and keep us uh, from moving forward. And so I really want to talk about this, uh, dealing with our disappointments, unfulfilled dreams, and this idea of living life beyond regret. Uh, let me define regret for you. So regret is a feeling of sorrow for something that has happened. I can surmise that many of us have had feelings of disappointments and sorrow uh, about things that have happened. And so this could include disappointments. It it could be mistakes that you've made, uh, failures, uh, losses, maybe the loss of a loved one, loss of a job, loss of of finances, uh, missed opportunities. Uh, We could put all of that under the umbrella of uh, regret, And so, unfortunately, when we're dealing with regret, it it really holds us back uh, because we're constantly looking over our shoulder, thinking, I should have done that, or I wish that hadn't happened. Uh, I wish I could take that back. I I regret the things that I've said or the things that I did or just even uh, maybe an accident that happened. But we're we're struggling with that, that sense of, of regret in our life. And so it's a feeling of sorrow uh, for something that has happened. But the Lord wants us to live way beyond that. Uh, He wants to heal our hearts, wants to touch us, uh, wants to set us free from all of that so that it doesn't hinder us in in any way. So I'm going to invite you to say that one more time. Say, living life beyond regret. Yeah. Yeah. And so let's say it as a prayer uh, tonight. Say, Lord, I want to live beyond regret. Say it. I want to I want to live beyond regret. So let me give you some examples, uh, and maybe maybe you would identify with some of this. Uh, A regret uh, that I wanted to go to school. Maybe you wanted to go to university, and then life just got really, really busy. Uh, Maybe you got married, and you weren't able to go off to school. Uh, Or maybe you wanted to go to a particular school, a particular university, and and that never worked out. Maybe, maybe you didn't have the finances or the opportunity, or maybe you didn't have the grades uh, to make it in. And so there was this this sense of regret or disappointment about that. Uh, here's another one. I wanted that job. You prayed, you fasted, and you really thought that you were supposed to get that job, and 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 yet you never got it. And so a sense of uh, of disappointment is set in. Uh, here would be another one. I, I wanted to start my own business. Maybe you're here tonight and, and you always thought you would start your own business. That was a, a dream. And so many, many years later, it feels like it's an, an unfulfilled dream. It's a, it's a disappointment. Uh, maybe you relate to this. I, I wanted to do well in sports. Uh, that was a, a desire of yours to always excel in athletics. Here's one. I, I wanted to be married by now. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're single and you thought for sure at this stage in your life you, you would be married and, and, and you would have already started a family. I wanted to have kids. 
maybe, maybe you weren't able to have children or you haven't found your significant other and so you haven't even been able to start that family. And so just that sense of disappointment and un, unfulfilled dreams. Here's another one. I wanted my children to have more opportunities. I know many of us could probably relate to that. I wish my kids could have uh, I'd had more finances to be able to give them the more opportunities, whether it's education or athletic endeavors or, or any kind of extracurricular activities. Here's one. I, I just want my kids to be happy and have friends. Maybe you have children tonight that are struggling with loneliness or really aren't uh, aren't having the kind of friends that, that they so desire. That, that's, a, that's a heartbreak when you're talking through with your children and they feel lonely or they, they don't feel like they have the, the kind of friends that they, they long for and that they want, want to have in their life. Here's another one. I, I thought I would have more money by now. Uh, maybe you're here tonight and you've been working so hard and, and you thought for sure by now you, you'd have a sense of financial freedom and yet disappointment sets in and unfulfilled dreams. I, I thought I would have a house by now uh, or I thought I would uh, have certain uh, things, resources, and so a sense of disappointment settles in your heart. Here's one. I thought I would be healed by now. I wonder if there's somebody here that maybe you've struggled with a physical condition for years and years and you've prayed and you've trusted the Lord and you believed His Word, but yet you still haven't got that, that breakthrough. You're managing uh, a physical condition. Oh, what about an emotional healing? You, you, you thought for sure by now you would have a breakthrough emotionally, but yet still there's that sense of regret of, of maybe disappointment in a relationship or maybe you went through just the heart-wrenching uh, pain of a, of a separation and, and a divorce and, and, and now it's so hard to trust people and to trust uh, somebody to, to even have a relationship. And so the sense of, of disappointment just caves in on you and that sense of unfulfilled dreams. Now, here's why we're really disappointed, if you think about this. We're disappointed, and it really hurts because we feel like God didn't show up. I mean, if you love the Lord tonight, if you've been seeking the Lord, if you, you really believed Him, that, that He loves you and has an amazing plan for your life, and, and you've had dreams, and, and you've had a sense of faith rising up inside of you, and then, and then it hasn't happened... You really feel disappointed because you feel like God just didn't show up. You believed Him. And so it just caves in on you. In other words, you felt like He gave you promises. You read the Word. You studied the Word. You memorized the Word. You prayed about it. Um, you felt like you trusted Him and believed Him even for the impossible. All the things that He says of the Word. You believed Him for the impossible of miracles. And yet it doesn't happen or didn't happen the way you think it would happen and didn't happen in the, in the time that you thought it would happen. And so there's just this utter sense of, of disappointment and unfulfilled dreams. Now here's what Proverbs 13 verse 12 says. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And so when you think about when you have a longing or a dream... And it actually comes to pass, 
What an incredible sense of, of fulfillment and excitement that that, that dream came, came to pass. Well, the antithesis, though, is that when a hope or a dream doesn't come to pass, it makes the heart sick. And I think every one of us can I, identify with this sense of, of disappointment, with this sense of unfulfilled dreams. Now, for us, it's really difficult because we're in the moment. But I want to show you something, and I think this, this will really help you. I, I pray that if you think about this visual tonight and tomorrow night and then on Sunday morning, I think it will really help us in the ministry process. So I want to put up this first picture of a train, and this would represent your life. And so when you're sitting in a train, in a car on a train, notice that you can't see where you're going and you can't even really see where you're coming from. So you've got to put your head out the window. And when you put your head out the window, you can only see in one direction. You can look ahead and kind of get a sense of where you're going. Or you can look behind and, and get a sense of, of where you came from. By the way, even if your peripheral vision is great, you can't really see both, in both directions. Okay? So this describes our, our humanity. This is the journey that you and I are on in our life. And so uh, wherever you're at in life, you could be dealing with a disappointment or, or a struggle. Now, this next picture really reflects and indicates how God sees your life. And so he's looking at this from an aerial view. So he sees the beginning and the end. And please listen carefully. He sees it at the same time. It's remarkable. It's unbelievable. God sees the beginning of your life and the end of your life at the same time. That's why the Bible says he's the alpha and the omega. He's the, he's the beginning and the end. Just astounding. So you're in the middle of your car. You're in the middle of your, your journey. And the frustration is that, that you have a dream. You have a hope. It's turned into disappointment. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Uh, in many ways, it paralyzes you. You have this sense of, of regret of things that happened. You can't change it. And sometimes we kind of feel stuck. But yet God looks at our life and he's looking at it from heaven. He's looking at it outside of time. And he sees the beginning and the end. Now, here's the powerful thing. And this might bend your mind just a little bit. But he can visit you or release his healing and his power no matter where you are on that train. It, 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 you could say it this way. It's a little bit like time travel. It's a little bit like t time travel. So wherever you're at in your train, you invite the Holy Spirit to come and to touch you, to heal you, to set you free from whatever that disappointment might be. And he releases hope to you again. Can you say amen to that? And so I want us to have this visual in our mind uh, that we're in this car, but we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to touch us and to heal us and to set us free from some of these things so that it doesn't paralyze us and we can move on into our future. Can you say amen to that? And so I want to talk about this uh, a little bit. So I want to talk about going from hopelessness to hope. And I'll mention a few things about that. And then I want to talk about some steps toward regaining hope in our life. So there's really a downward spiral uh, that takes place toward hopelessness. 
Now, I'm talking to the mature tonight. This can be any one of us can find ourselves uh, going to this, uh, this place of a downward spiral. Uh, listen to Jonah chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. And I want you to, to think about the visual here that, that he's talking about uh, an ocean. He's talking about a sea because he's talking about engulfing waters because this really describes when you start feeling hopeless. Uh, the engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Uh, in other words, when real hopelessness sets in, you, you feel like you're drowning. You, you, it's smothering. You, you feel like it's suffocating. So the engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. Don't miss that part. Because what happens is you, when you lose your hope, you, you lose your clarity of thought. You lose your vision in many ways. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, to the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. Now to me this verse describes a spiral that can take place when we talk about hopelessness. And so the way I view it is it starts with a disappointment. You're disappointed about something that happened in your life, an unfulfilled dream. And then that moves to discouragement. So you're disappointed, but then you you start getting really discouraged because you were working hard, you were praying hard, you were believing the Lord, but it's just not not happening. And then what happens is that erodes your confidence, and so now doubt sets in. So you move from disappointment to discouragement to doubt to, to even, you even doubt what the Lord is saying. And if you're really honest, if you strip away the complexities of of the human heart, you love the Lord, but but you're starting to doubt him. You're starting even to doubt some of the promises that he has spoken, some of the things that that he has said in in his word. And then you move from doubt to disillusionment. It's even hard to to begin to even believe uh, the Lord. And then that goes to despair. And once somebody is in despair... There's no hope. And there might be somebody here tonight where you're living in despair or you're praying for people in your family that are, that are in despair. There's just no hope in their heart and, and in their life about certain things uh, that have happened. And so that's where at this point you start having thoughts like, why should I even live? And when someone's in despair, then they, have, they start having suicidal thoughts. And, you know, you can really love the Lord and still have a fleeting thought of suicide. Might even get to the point where you think, well, I have a pretty good life insurance policy. I could be gone and my family would be taken care of. Now, here's the thing, is that all of us have dealt with disappointment, but what the Lord wants is for us to be able to bounce back. And I think that true maturity in the Lord... And I'm not saying I've arrived, but I I think the train has left. I'm I'm working on it. True maturity in the Lord is being disappointed, experience that in life, but letting the Lord touch us and, and, and responding and being able to bounce back quicker. And that's where the Lord wants us to be able to live in. So every one of us are gonna experience disappointment, but God wants us to be able to bounce back. Can you say amen to that? Now, unfortunately, if we don't bounce back, then it moves to discouragement. Then it moves to doubt or disillusionment and and then even despair. And so that's the downward spiral towards hopelessness. Now, 
Let me give you the upward spiral toward hope. And so we want to look at a scripture that just like that describes the waters that are engulfing. Listen to another scripture. And this is when Jesus calmed the storm. This is out of Mark chapter 4, 39 to 41. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. So every single one of us have experienced storms in our life. And that's where disappointments can come. And so the good news is, the great news tonight is that Jesus can calm the storms. Jesus can, can give you peace in the, in the middle of your storm. But watch this. Then he says to the disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, I want to preach this into the context because what I feel like the Lord is saying tonight is God wants to restore hope to many of you. He wants to breathe life and and hope uh, into certain areas of your heart where you've experienced disappointment. But there's a sense of being afraid because if we're really honest, we might be afraid that we might have to do something to get out of hopelessness. That there might be something that we're going to have to do uh, that's required of us to get out of of hopelessness. When you feel hopeless, you don't want to hear that from anybody because you feel so discouraged. And yet Jesus says, are you afraid? And, And often we are afraid of what it might take to get hope back inside of us. Now, two guiding scriptures, because we have to agree tonight that God has hope for every one of us. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God says, I know the plans for you. Plans to prosper you and to give you a hope. Would you please say hope? Hope. Yeah, hope is critical. Hope is critical to the Christian life. Hope is critical to your walk with the Lord. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. Would you please say hope? Say hope. So hope is an integral part of our walk with the Lord. God wants us to have hope. And so he doesn't want us to spiral down into hopelessness. No, he wants us to rise up in hope. And I'm here to declare to you tonight that that if you're in the middle of chaos, if you're in the middle of a storm, God is saying peace to you, but he's also wanting to release hope and a hope for your future again. Say amen to that. And so let me give you some steps toward regaining hope uh, in your life. So it's going to take some courage uh, on your part to, to look at this. The first thing is this. If, if you're in a place where you're just not feeling much hope, and, and I'll bet if we took a survey tonight, we would get a sense that many different areas of our life where maybe we have felt a little bit hopeless Uh, The first thing that that I really want to encourage you is to recognize that you probably have a stronghold. You probably have a stronghold in your mind. Because if you're struggling with not being hopeful and you're doubting the Lord, um, then that's, that's, that's probably a stronghold. Because everything about God's Word, everything about 
The Christian life is hope. It's about hope for your future. Now, the great news is God gives us strength and power over that. The Holy Spirit has given us in 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, He's given us divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And so we have to be courageous enough to say, you know what, if I'm struggling with hopelessness, there's probably a stronghold in my mind. And I've got to learn to take captive that thought. In other words, I have to be courageous enough to call it for what it is. It's actually sin. Because I'm not looking to Him, and I'm looking to my circumstances and myself. And so I have to be courageous enough to say, you know what, if I'm, if I'm feeling hopeless, then I'm really not believing God's Word, and I'm not believing His promises. Now, we get that. But we have to be courageous enough to say, you know what, there could be a stronghold in my mind. A stronghold is a pattern of thinking. A stronghold is a dominating uh, thought pattern in your life. So even though you love the Lord, if you're dominated by this sense of, of hopelessness, or I just doubt the Lord, or you're just so discouraged about that particular area in your life, maybe it's because you never got married, maybe it's because you never got healed, maybe it's because you never got the financial breakthrough, whatever it might be, but it's a sense where it dominates and it controls your heart and mind so that, that you have trouble believing again. You have trouble having hope again. In fact, if we were to give an altar call and say, hey, hey, have hope that God, God will heal you. You're so discouraged that you don't even want to answer the altar call because of the disappointment that has happened over and over and over again. And my dear brother and sister, I just submit to you, it could be, you have to be courageous enough to say, you know what, that, that could be a stronghold in my life. And so we just have to be courageous enough to call it what it is and invite the Holy Spirit to come in to that area of our heart and mind and to set us free from it. Listen to Psalm 39, verse 7. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. And so if there's a stronghold, you may have had some misdirected hope. Your hope is supposed to be in the Lord, but maybe you've had some misdirected hope. And this is where you can just make an adjustment and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to call it for what it is. It's sin, but I've had my hope maybe on the wrong stuff. Give you some examples on finances more than the Lord. On your happiness being wrapped up in a person instead of in the Lord. A lot of people think, well, I'll just be happy once I, once I get married. And there is a deep sense of fulfillment where you feel complete when you marry someone. But we always say in premarital counseling, two halves don't make a whole. You both have to be whole so that when you come to the marriage, uh, you're whole. Uh, and so if you've had a misplaced hope and you're, you're thinking that marriage in itself will bring the fulfillment then maybe your hope hasn't been in the Lord. So it could be finances. It could be a relationship. Uh, it could be any number of things in the natural where you've, you've put your hope in something instead of in the Lord. 
Now, here's where the breakthrough comes, is that when you get the breakthrough, then you realize your hope is in the Lord, and you can still have hopes in your dreams, because you realize that God will fulfill your dreams when and how He decides they're going to be fulfilled. See, a lot of the disappointment is because we have in our minds the way something should look, And when it doesn't quite look that way and it doesn't quite happen when and how we thought it would look, that's when disappointment sets in. Can you say amen, church? And so so it could be a stronghold. And so you have to be courageous enough to to say that you might have had some misdirected hope, some hope in in some of the wrong things. So recognize that you probably have a a stronghold if if you're dealing with that. Secondly, invite the Holy Spirit to touch you and to empower you. Invite the Holy Spirit to come, to come again, to touch you. Listen to 2 Timothy 1.7, and this is out of the New Living Translation. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. And so you've got to invite the Lord again to come in. And there's two aspects to this. He hasn't given you the spirit of of timidity and fear, but he's given you the spirit of love and power. You've got to have a revelation of his unconditional love. And so if we're really struggling with hopelessness, then, then we probably aren't really understanding his extravagant love for us. It goes back to this idea of a stronghold. Because the Lord loves you so much. If I could find the words to, to somehow articulate and express his extravagant love for you. If I could somehow convey how much he loves you. Uh, then we might get a sense that he loves us so much that he's not trying to disappoint us. He's not trying to bring you along and just have you fall flat on your face. He's got an amazing plan. He's seeing this from the beginning and the end. And so he's not trying to trick you in any way. Say amen to that. He's he's really got an amazing plan. But I've got to have a greater revelation of his love. I've had to, to work through this many times in my heart and in my mind. Where I've been disappointed, frustrated, angry with the Lord. Then I've had to take a step back and say, Lord, I I really must not have a revelation of your love for me. And he always takes me back to my kids and how much I love them and how I would do anything for them. And then he tells me, now multiply that by a million and you might get a tiny little glimpse of my love for you. But yet in my mind, I seem to be blocked by that. So invite the Holy Spirit to come. He's given you a spirit of love and of power. And so allow the Holy Spirit to come on that train wherever you're at or wherever some of the disappointments happened in your life. Might have been in your past, but invite the Holy Spirit to come to that memory, to come to that place, invade your heart once again with extravagant love and with the power of the Holy Spirit to set you free from some of that disappointment and allow Him to breathe life and hope once again. Don't miss the last part of the verse. It's also self-discipline. In other words, you've got to take captive those negative, hopeless thoughts and choose to think about the positive hope that God has for you. That takes a little bit of self-discipline. 
And so you've got to be courageous enough. You've got to have the strength and the veracity, the maturity in the Lord to say, you know what? I'm going to discipline myself to not allow my heart to spiral down into despair. I refuse to go in that direction. Instead, I'm going to choose to believe that God's hope is real. Say amen to that church. And so, number one, be courageous enough to say, you know what, there might be a stronghold in my life. Secondly, invite the Holy Spirit into that place to touch you and empower you. Thirdly, get biblical in your thinking. Get biblical in your thinking. And so some of us, to be honest with you, I don't mean this in an unkind way, uh, but you really need a wake-up call to get biblical in your thinking. Because if you're struggling with hopelessness, if you're really honest, you're focusing on the disappointment more than the promises. See, the problem with regret is you start identifying more with the pain of your past than the hope of your future. That's not the way the Lord wants you to live. He doesn't want you to to live in regret where you're, you're, you're crippled by that so much. He wants you to be living in the sense of faith and excitement and hope for what he has for you. And so, get biblical in your thinking. You know this verse, Philippians 4, 8, and this is out of the New King James Version. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so we have to get biblical in our thinking. Because I, I found that out this, and, and I'll just pull the curtain back a little bit. For me, what I tend to do is I start focusing on the disappointment more than I do on the promises of God. And that's when I know that this thing is, is starting to take precedent over my heart and over my life. And so I have to be courageous enough to say, Lord, I, I, I want a breakthrough And so I got to get biblical in my thinking. And how many people know this is really more powerful than your feelings? And this is more powerful than even your patterns of thought. And so you've got to really say, you know what, I'm going to really get biblical in my thinking and begin to shift my thinking from my disappointment. And I'm going to be courageous. And by the way, you can do this. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to focus on the promises more than on the disappointment. Say amen to that. Pinch your neighbor and say, the guy from America is saying a few good things. Okay. Number four, number four, command your soul to praise the Lord. Listen to Psalm 42, verse five. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You know, you've got to learn to command your soul to praise the Lord. You know, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. If you're born again tonight, you've got the the Holy Spirit inside of you. And so your spirit needs to be in charge of your soul. Your soul is your your thoughts, your, in, your intellect, your emotions, all your feelings. Okay, that, that, that's your soul. And so your, your soul is all over the place. Sometimes your thoughts, sometimes your emotions. And so what he says here is he's commanding his soul 
to praise the Lord. Now, I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a very emotional person, actually. I'm pretty compassionate. If, you, if I pray for you tonight, it's not unusual for me to start crying and, and praying with you. I, I can feel your pain. I'm a very emotional person. And so the positive of that is that I can really, I, I can sympathize with people deeply. I can feel their pain. I can, I can pray with them. The weak side of that, because to every strength there's a weakness, the weak side of that is when I start going through a hard time, I really feel emotional. And I can get down. I can get down really quick. And so what I've had to learn to do is to command my soul to praise the Lord. And I'll literally do that. Eric, I command you to praise the Lord. Whether you feel like it or not. Eric, you are going to praise the Lord. I would look in the mirror and say, Eric, I command you to praise the Lord. I command you to be happy. I'd smile at the, at the mirror and smile at myself. And, you know, maybe I might even, and this is true, I would even laugh sometimes. Laugh. Make myself laugh, you know. You, you, you can do that. And before you know it, you'll be laughing in the Holy Spirit. Uh, but I would command my soul to praise the Lord. Uh, some of you really should try that, where you command yourself, look in the mirror and command yourself to praise the Lord. Look in the mirror. When you're walking on the street, command, say, I command my soul to praise the Lord. I command you to, to praise God. I command you to celebrate in the Lord. You'll be surprised what will begin to happen because your spirit will begin to talk to your soul and you'll start getting the victory over this thing. And so I, I, I encourage you, command your soul to praise the Lord. Here's another one. Choose life, not death. You know, you, you have incredible power to choose tonight. Think about this. None of you had to be here tonight, but you, you chose to come. Think about this. You have the, you have in, we, as human beings, we, we can choose to, to have children. That, that's amazing. Think about the power of that. You have the, the choice. You can choose to have children. You can choose to have life. So you, you have the ability to choose life or death in a situation. Tragically, people can choose to have an abortion. Tragically, people can choose to take someone else's life. They can choose death. Or you can choose life. You can choose to, to have children. You can choose not to have the abortion. You can choose to adopt. You can choose to foster children. You can, you can choose life. That's remarkable. God gave us, as human beings, this amazing power called choice. That's really, really important for you to understand tonight. Because when you start having all these feelings caving in and you feel like there's no hope, that's often what we say. Well, I just can't, I can't help what I feel. You actually can help what you feel. Thank you for all those thunderous amens. I'll, I'll say it again. This might be hard to swallow, but we can actually help what we feel sometimes. Said another way, said another way, we can get victory over what we feel, or we can have authority over what we we feel. Uh, we don't think that because we think, oh, well, I, I just I felt bad, I felt I felt disappointed. But you've got this power inside of you. Most of us don't realize how much power we have to choose life. So so here's the way the scripture says it, and this is in in Deuteronomy. 30 verse 19, I chose a New Living Translation. Listen to this. Today I have given you the choice 
between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You've got this power to choose life, not death. You have this power to choose blessing, not cursing. And that power is not only going to affect your life, it's going to affect the life of your children, the life of generations to come after you. So you can choose life. Let's say this out loud. Say, I can choose life. I can choose life. Man, you've got the power to do this. remarkable. And so you have more power inside of you than, than you realize you do. To choose life. Here's another one. Seek him. Seek him. Listen to Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. You want to get victory over this thing? You want to climb out of, of hopelessness and regain your hope? You've got to seek the Lord. You've got to go after him. But in seeking Him, you will find. In seeking Him, you'll learn a lot about yourself. In seeking Him, you'll learn about the things that have that paralyzed you, that have kept you back, uh, the disappointments. You'll learn so much about yourself. And the Lord will begin to heal you, and you'll learn a whole lot about the Lord. And what you may discover is that in your hopelessness or feeling that, you've had a lot of misdirection. Because when you start seeking Him, you're going to find out He's a good dad. He loves you. Hasn't forgotten you. Hasn't forsaken you. Hasn't abandoned you. Some of those promises that he gave you that you're frustrated about, that you're angry about. Listen, God's not frustrated and angry about your past. You might be. I might be. But he's not nervous about that. He loves you so, so much. And if you'll just seek him and go on that journey, be courageous enough. Even if you don't feel like it, even if you're pushing through the hurt and the pain and the disappointment, go on that journey and say, Lord, I got to get to know you again. I got to know you as my dad. I've got to know you as my, my heavenly father. And you'll discover the amazing thing about him is he is so big. He is so much love. He is so much compassion. And you'll begin to regain your hope again. Amen, church? And so seek, seek the Lord. Let me give you one last one. Be renewed by heaven right now. Right now. Be renewed by heaven right now. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18 says it this this way. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We're being renewed day by day. In other words, you can be renewed by heaven right now. If I could somehow find the words to communicate this, that you are a heavenly person. You have heaven inside of you now. It's not just in the future. Yes, heaven's a real place and you're going there. 
But, but because you're born again, you've got heaven on the inside of you. Just like you can choose life, just like you can choose power, you have heaven on the inside of you, and you can be renewed by heaven now. So yes, I have the hope of, uh, of heaven. Yes, I have the hope that one day I'm not going to have to deal with the sinful nature and the disappointments of life. Yes, I have all that. But God is trying to say to me, Eric, you've got hope and you've got heaven right now. You can be renewed by heaven now. In other words, the future is inside of me now. The future of heaven is in me now. I'm a futuristic person. So I, 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 I'm the future. Look at me. I'm, I'm the future. I, I am your future. <laughs> I'm the future. The point is this, is that you're a heavenly person now. If we could really draw on that. Oftentimes we think, well, well, when we get to heaven, we won't deal with this. Or when we get to heaven, I won't deal. No, 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 no. God is trying to say, you've got heaven on the inside of you now. There's a reason why Jesus said, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in, in heaven. He's saying that we can live within that experience. We can touch on it even now. It's so powerful. It's remarkable. It's amazing. We should just say that. Say, I'm a heavenly person. Say it, I'm a, I'm a, heavenly, I'm a heavenly person. And so there's, there's some steps. You can probably think of some more, but those are the ones that the Lord put in my heart when we think about regaining hope. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spiral into hopelessness. I want, to, I want to be touched and healed and learn to bounce back up. If we're going to lead our families, listen, this is really important. Because what you and I have dealt with, you can multiply that by a hundred for your children and a thousand for your grandchildren. And so this is so important that we would learn to live in faith and hope and be able to pass that on to our generations. There's an epidemic in the world. Tomorrow night, I'm going to talk about depression and anxiety. And, and we have to lead our families and be able to live in the victory of these things. God doesn't want us to, to live in regret and to, and to be held by, back by these things. Instead... We want to be able to maturely in Christ, if we deal with a disappointment, to be able to be healed, bounce back, and respond in a Christ-like way and live in the victory. Say amen to that. And so we want the upward spiral of hope. Those are some steps toward regraining hope. I'll say them again. Recognize you probably have a stronghold. Invite the Holy Spirit to touch you and empower you. Get biblical in your thinking Command your soul to praise the Lord. Choose life, not death. Seek Him. And then be renewed by heaven right now. Amen, church? Now, we've given this picture. We've given this picture of, of water. We don't want to drown in our hopelessness. Be engulfed. Have the seaweed wrapped around our, our minds so that it's a, a stronghold. No, we want the storm to be, to be calm. Now, we don't want to be terrified by this aspect that, that God wants us to come out of, of hopelessness. Now, listen to Acts 27 and verse 29. Fearing that they would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. Four anchors in the storm. So I'm going to give you four anchors for the storms of life. Okay, four of them. Number one, Jesus. Someone say, Jesus, Jesus, that's your first anchor, Jesus, 
And some of you need to get to know Jesus all over again. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 3, We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope. Someone say hope. By hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So your first anchor is Jesus. Man, I love the Lord. Man, I love Jesus. I love who He is. And the greatest way you can get to know Him is by, is by reading the Word, reading the Gospels. Saying, Jesus, I want to get to know you as a man. I want to get to know you as a, as a person. But, but Jesus is your anchor. Now, hear the Word of the Lord tonight. If you're brutally honest, you may have put your hope in some other things. And what Jesus is saying to you tonight is come to Him because after a while you're going to realize He is so fulfilling and meaningful that He's really all you want. He's all you want. And He is the most fulfilling. And some of you might be in that place tonight where you say, you know what, I don't have the money. I don't have the relationship. I don't have the stuff. All you've got is Jesus. That's not such a bad deal. Thank you again for that thunderous amen. That, that is not such a bad deal, is it? Say amen to that. You've got Jesus. So sometimes you do go through life and realize, you know what? That, there's no hope in that. All I've got is Jesus. You know what? When I look back over my shoulder and I see the disappointments that I went through, the heartaches that I went through, disappointments in people, disappointments because I didn't have the money, disappointments in the dreams, in the ministry, the stuff that didn't, disappointments for my kids when they didn't have friends, when they were lonely, when they were sick, when they were dealing with a physical condition, all of those disappointments. But now when I look back over my shoulder, I'm going to tell you this. I feel like I got to know Jesus at a deeper, more enriching and meaningful level. And I would have never experienced those things. And I look back now, I, all I had was Jesus. But I learned a whole lot about him. And so Jesus is your is your first anchor. The, the second anchor is this, is it's God's word. It's the word. Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I put his hope. My dear brother and sister, you've got to fall in love with God's word all over again. What a great time to begin to say, you know what, I'm going I'm to start reading the word afresh and anew uh, because his word is living and active. Jesus is alive and there's not, it's not by accident that God said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, speaking about Jesus. And so Jesus steps on the earth and wraps up himself in human flesh, but he's God's Word. And so his Word is alive, living and active, breathing, so that when you read this, the words jump out of the page. One word, one sentence, one phrase, even a spelling sometimes can just penetrate and pierce your heart and come alive inside of you. The Word of God will bring you life and hope. You start reading God's Word again and go on a love relationship with God's Word. It's going to resonate, rise up inside of you and give you hope again. Some about His Word. Living and active. So your first anchor is Jesus. The second one is his word. Is his word. There's something about reading his word. 
There's something about studying, systematic study, but there's something about just loving and reading this for devotion. Reading it out of relationship. That's your anchor. That'll breathe life inside of you again. The third anchor is this, fellowship. Fellowship. Listen to 2 Corinthians 1, 7. And our hope for you is firm. Because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, you also share in our comfort. Our hope for you is firm because of the sharing of fellowship. Now, I want you to just say this out loud. Just, just tell me you love me for a moment. I need to feel that. Tell me. Okay, there, now I'm starting to feel better. I just, I just want to feel secure before, before I say this, okay? Listen. It's really, this is really important. Because when you start feeling disappointed, what you tend to do is you isolate yourself. And so you start pushing people away. We see this over and over and over again in church and in ministry. And it's understandable because you feel hurt, you feel disappointed. And so then you start withdrawing. You start isolating yourself. You start pushing people away. And then, and then you start not getting in the fellowship. And that's understandable because of the emotions and the feeling. But my brother and sister, I'm going to ask you to be courageous enough. In the name of the Lord, don't do it. Because when you're isolated, the enemy will hammer you. He always looks for the isolated one. He looks for the, the hurt one. And so that's where you have to be courageous enough. Instead of running away, run to people. Your hope is actually wrapped up in fellowship. Your hope is wrapped up in the body of Christ. Your hope is wrapped up in your church, in your house group, in in your, your relationship. Your hope is wrapped up in that. Your anchor is Jesus, the Word, but it's also in the fellowship. And so be courageous enough. If you're feeling hopeless or you know someone in your in your life, be courageous enough to run, not just to the Lord, but run to people. You need people in your life. You need each other. And so your hope is in, is in fellowship. And so I thank God that God has really blessed me uh, with brothers like Pastor Sam and, and, and friends in the Lord and my, my wonderful wife, obviously, but people that when I feel hopeless will speak life into me, will speak hope into me. But you've got to invest in the relationships so that you can receive that. Say amen. Do you, love me? Do you love me still saying that? Okay, so that's your third anchor. The fourth one is this, is prayer. Is prayer. Listen to, to Romans 12 and verse 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Now I want you to please tie the latter part of that verse, faithful in prayer, to the first part, which is joyful in hope. I'm going to submit something to you. Meditate on this. But watch this. If you're talking to the Lord... If you're falling in love with the Lord all over again, if you're, if, you're, if you're looking into His eyes, you're building that relationship with Him, watch this, you're faithful in, in prayer, I'm going to submit to you that joy, the joy of hope is going to come back to you. That's powerful. So be joyful in hope, faithful in prayer. As you're talking to the Lord, that prayer is going to result in joyful hope. In your heart. And you don't have to be all formal about it. Prayer is just talking to the Lord. You should be having a constant conversation with the Lord all throughout the day. 
Everything you're doing in, the, in your mind, there's a conversation. You're talking to the Lord. You're mentioning the Lord. While you're doing work, while you're taking care of your kids, while you're riding in a taxi, whatever it is, there's always a conversation with the Lord. That's called relationship. That's the, the amazing thing is that every one of us could have this personal relationship with the God of the universe, with the creator of the universe. And when we think about it in terms of there's millions and billions of, of people in the earth, we feel insignificant. But the amazing thing is every one of us, once you dial in and focus in on relationship with the Lord, it's so personal and so real that you no longer feel like a number. And so the joy of hope comes back to you. Amen? And so those are, those are four anchors that I, that I leave you with. And so I, I just pray that those visuals are helping. I'm going to close with this. And this is out of Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And I want you to be thinking about, about hope and disappointments and, and unfulfilled dreams. But I'm going to read this, this event to us. And, and I think it'll be a powerful visual for us before we go to ministry. And so this is in Mark chapter 4, and I'll start with the latter part of verse, verse 24. A large crowd followed him and pressed around him. And a woman who was there, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. And so I wonder if there's somebody here tonight that, that you, you felt like that. Well, hey, I prayed for, for years and nothing seemed to happen. And your heart is bleeding, uh, feeling hopeless, uh, feeling like maybe you read all the books and went to the counselor and went to the psychologist and, and, and spent all, all of your money and just feel like there, there is no hope. She had suffered, but yet she grew worse. This is despair. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. He said, if I can just touch him. And I, I pray tonight that there would be something that would rise up inside of us that would say, you know what, Lord, if I could just touch you one more time. And then look at this. It says, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And once Jesus realized that, that power had gone out from him and he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? And well, you see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and Trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now notice what happened. She says, if I can just touch him. And Jesus felt power come out of him. There was a, there was a transference of power that came out of the Lord and into her and that's what I'm going to invite you to do is in that train, you're saying, Lord, come, come to this car, come to this train, this memory, this disappointment here, this unfulfilled dream. Come, Jesus, I just want to touch you. 
And here's what the Lord is going to do. He's going to transfer love and power to you again. And to begin to heal those places in your heart where you feel disappointed, let him breathe life inside of you. Let him breathe hope inside of you again. Can you say amen? I, I wonder. I, I, I just know in my heart that, that many of us, it doesn't matter how long you've been walking with the Lord. You could, be walk, you could have walked with the Lord 30, 40 years, but there's still areas in your heart you feel just disappointed frustrated angry at the lord because it didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen the promise that he gave you could we be courageous enough to say lord come god doesn't want you to be paralyzed by that he really doesn't and if we'll come and say lord i just want to touch touch your touch the hem of your garment again you watch what he does. He'll release love. He'll release power. And he'll heal you from those areas so that you're not paralyzed by regret. Amen? Now, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. And I'm going to invite Pastor Sam to, to come up here. But I feel in my heart that we should pray over disappointments this can be a great year for you but but why be held back by regret why be held back by by disappointments why be held back by unfulfilled dreams and just that that taintedness in your heart toward the Lord just that little bit of even bitterness toward the Lord because because of the unfulfilled dream and the disappointment I, I feel in my heart God's going God's to really heal some things. Why not cut off some regrets? Why not cut off some of that stuff and let the Lord touch us? Yeah, Pastor. You want to direct us in ministry? Amen. Um, why don't we do that? If, uh, if the message really resonated with you and you feel like you want to cut off some regrets and uh, you want that transfer uh, of what God has for you. Why don't you just come? The worship team is just going to lead us in some worship. And why don't you just come to the front and uh, Pastor Eric and other uh, leaders will just minister to you. And just, you know, when you come, just uh, come with an expectant heart. Uh, come uh, and just close your eyes. Uh, pray. Uh, you know, just talk to the Lord and just allow the Holy Spirit uh, to do what He wants to do in your life. Uh, don't set any parameters on Him. Just allow Him to do what He wants to do, not what we want. And so why don't we come and worship team just lead us in, in a song and, and let's just pray for each other for a, for a moment here. Well, first we'll just minister to the ones that come and, and just start laying out just those disappointments that you have. It starts with a conversation. You've been 
disappointments in, in relationships a number of people have thought I, I thought I'd be married by now and just a deep sense of disappointment you come, you come uh, someone else that uh, you thought you would have a successful business by now but it, it's just not happening and there's just been a deep level of frustration you come, you come there's more Others with your children, I'm sensing that. Just disappointment that uh, you haven't been able to provide and do things for your kids like you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, just come and bring it, bring it to the Lord. God's going God's to do a deep work in our hearts tonight. Just begin to lift out some of that agony and hurt. Could just keep coming and let's have some of our leaders begin to just gently lay hands and just release the love of the Lord uh, on these guys. And so invite him to come into the train. For some of you, that's in the past. For some of you, it's right now. There's some, I'm getting this strong. There's somebody uh, has to do with education. You had some real dreams uh, on where to go to school. And it, it never worked out the way you thought it would. And you, you have such a sense of regret that I didn't get to do that. And I don't know what happened. The Lord's not showing me what happened, but it's just a deep sense of regret. God's just going to begin to heal and begin to show you what the view looks like from, from above. The way He's looking at it. Spirit, we just invite you to come. Daddy, I just ask you to just begin to release your love right now. Pray that you just begin to lift. I'm seeing just the Lord reach his hand down into your heart and and just begin to lift out physical and visible pain in your heart. let it come just let let the Lord touch you let the power come
saying, I, I know in my heart that God is really beginning to heal disappointments and regrets. That deep sense of, man, I wish that wouldn't have happened or I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that. want to take authority over every attack of the enemy who would take advantage of these things I just want to break off discouragement and just speak life into you yeah. so Lord we just we just thank you right now Holy Spirit we've invited you to come into these areas of our heart and mind to to heal us of disappointments. And and I just take authority over every demonic attack in Jesus' name. I cancel every assignment and I cut it off in Jesus' name. And I speak hope and life in Jesus' name. I speak hope and life in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank You that You're, You're healing us of of the regrets and, and the disappointments and you're breathing life and inside of us again. Just lift the heaviness, lift the, the disappointment right out of our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I cover these guys and I, I just release angels and I come against every lie of the enemy that would say there is no hope or that God lied about that certain area that promise, I, I, I cancel that assignment in the name of Jesus. And I speak truth that God's Word is true, even if we don't feel it tonight. I thank You, Lord, that we have chosen life. We have chosen life. We have chosen life tonight. Thank You, Jesus. Okay. Church, I'm going to invite you to just stand up wherever you're at. And would you just... Would you lift your hands toward heaven? Just, I invite you to say this out loud. Just say, Jesus, thank you for healing my heart. I pray that I would bounce back disappointed that my hope would be in you and not in other things I declare tonight that you're a good God you're a good dad I speak that I declare that and I choose life tonight so I'm asking Holy Spirit that you'll heal my heart Breathe life inside of me again and let hope arise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Now, Lord, I just pray over my brothers and sisters. And Lord, I pray that what you have graciously done in my heart so many times when I've been disappointed that you've healed and You've renewed and you've turned my eyes to you again. I, I pray that you'll, you'll do that in our journeys. I thank you for that. Heal us from the regret. 
that we wouldn't live our lives thinking, what should I have done? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? I should have, I could have, I would have. Lord, that we won't be paralyzed by that, but we'll run our race for your glory. And so, Lord, we just bless everybody in this journey. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Yeah. Can you say amen, church? Yeah. Yeah, I love you very, very much. I love you. We love you. So I just want to encourage you. just a little blip in the screen God's gonna begin to breathe hope inside of you again I'm I'm praying the joyful hope will come up again amen praise the Lord and so we love you pass it to pastor but if you if you need prayer for anything else we'll be here as long as we need to to pray for you God bless you yeah come pastor Sam amen let's thank the Lord for pastor Eric thanks for the word He's going to continue on this theme. Uh, tomorrow, we're here at 7.30, uh, a different aspect of regret. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh, bring someone with you. Uh, have a wonderful night. And if you want some prayer for anything, always the altar is open. We'd love to spend some time in praying with you. Uh, but we'll see you tomorrow, uh, 7.30, uh, here at church. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Tim. You're always so kind.